Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank, mixed with Historic Hole. David, it's nice to have you back on again. It's been a been a few years. <laughs> years, months, days, hours. It doesn't matter anymore in this age of journalism. What unit you use. <laughs> journalism. What is journalism? Journalism used to be writing it down on a piece of paper, submitting it somewhere, and hoping to God it didn't say the word opinion on it. But isn't all journalism opinions? anymore it kind of seems like it um did you you saw that article i'm talking about right it was like uh it was like some reporting in like oklahoma it was like residents wait thousands of minutes to get into the hospital or something and people were pointing out it was like why didn't you just say hours like yeah or days? it's um, like thousands of minutes i don't know it's a uh, stephen king the author actually tweeted how there was like a thousand something people that died in Florida of COVID in one day. And then he retweeted like the next day. I'm so sorry. That was over a week or so. And I was like, yeah, about to say if it was yeah. like a thousand something people that died in a day, I think we'd all would have fucking heard about that on the news. Yeah, man. And like, uh, you know, it's, it's, what's really crazy. It's like with a, a lot of the vaccine stuff, it's, there's some people out there that like, I don't, uh, you know, like that I would expect would have been vaccinated that actually uh, haven't gotten it. And like, it's interesting, too, because like everything's getting so host hostile. You know what I mean? Like they're ramping up all these like mandates and like the whole thing with uh, companies over 100 people and all this stuff, um, you know. So it's just interesting because I don't know, like I talk to some people that I, you know, would think would be vaccinated, you know, even based on their politics or whatever, like, but they're, they're not. And some people might even, I think, put up the front like they are just to, for social acceptance. You know, it's really weird. I think this is the first time ever that it's been clear that news or whatever you want to call it has a bias and has a certain like because it's obviously me and you can point out certain things. But for the common person that's not trying to observe these certain qualities of anything like um, CNN, for instance, uh, was talking about the third booster shot and then they brought up um, is Israel or whoever that had like the giant spike that happened a month ago. And they said, Oh, the COVID cases are lower than ever daily. Now it's like, well, no shit. If everyone in your house gets the fucking flu, then your numbers are going to be high up for the first week. And then anything after that is just going to drop because you're not going to get it again. So, but they were yeah. pushing that onto the booster shot. But the crazy thing was if you, if you don't, let's not even look at the pandemic. Let's look at the fact of like the nine 11 shit. How many articles was I seeing and Trump's trending, I think on Twitter now. He was just trending on um the Moonies. Did you see his speech about the Moonies? Uh, no. So apparently right. there's like this cult or something like that. And everyone was wondering why Trump wasn't at this thing when he was like narrating a UFC fight. But so the article says former president Donald Trump delivers a virtual address at a conference for the Unification Church, a religious movement where members are sometimes referred to derivatively as Moonies. And everyone's talking about how Bush kind of was relating it to um, the Capitol Hill thing. But this is this is his stupid thing, which I find is hilarious. But I want to see if I can play it on here without it. I want to thank the Universal Peace Federation and in particular, Dr. Hawk Jahan Moon, a tremendous person for her incredible work on behalf of peace all over the world. Her story of escaping from North Korea at five years old 
at the outset of the Korean War is an amazing example of the power of faith in Almighty God. I also want to thank her late husband, Reverend Moon, for founding the Washington Times, an organization for which I have tremendous respect and admiration. I just, I don't know because everyone that commented on that was talking about the fact of like that this thing for 50 years, people had to escape this horrible cult. And then you're seeing all these things when it comes to like divisiveness. And I have talked to ex-cult people, so I know the whole story. Like even uh, Christianity can be people leaving that. Sometimes it can be a little bit too serious where you dive into like the back room part where the beaded curtain is. And then people have bad experiences with that. But it's just very interesting to see like with all the bot accounts that are on Twitter. But I used to think Twitter was a, a a place obviously with a lot of trash talking but i never knew it was so divisive when it came to politics i mean it boils down to like even if you want to go back to the biden laptop situation you know what i mean it's you start to look at like um i think somebody pointed this out to me they go why is crack less of a sentence than if you got caught uh doing or no cocaine is less of a sentence than when you're caught with crack and it's like well isn't cocaine or whatever isn't that just crack isn't that just like a a a different version of that or something like that but apparently yeah it's like cracks modified cocaine basically so like a couple weeks before the whole biden stuff came out with him doing lines of cocaine where they somehow got a recording on his computer i'm like why do you even have that recording but and they had a recording of him smoking crack that i think it was just cocaine he like there's one the video it might not be a video i know there's a picture there was one of him in the bathtub like that was going (laughs) it's still going around you go like you like go to joe go to the white houses like any of their tweets like people are just posting hunter with a crack pipe in his freaking mouth like under the tweets but i think this is boiled down to where like not like we're definitely not journalists or we're not broadcasters. We're kind of just shooting the shit and then talking about things that are going on. But it's like we were saying with people acting with emotion rather than thought. Now I'm hoping people are starting to think a little bit and start to notice the divisiveness when it comes to like just the news, even social media, everything that you see is always a Trump thing. That's trending, always talking shit on him, always doing something where you have to scroll down to actually get some like information. Like now the lab is finally being talked about and, but you still can't talk about Fauci without someone losing their shit. Yeah. Yeah. And too, like, I think, you know, any focus on Trump is really just to, to go to numbers, you know, that's all they're trying to do with Trump, you know, they're not actually like there's nothing he's doing that's really newsworthy <laughs> besides just like going around talking to people and talking shit like but but you know he does numbers when they report on him in the media like everyone can be go oh, this asshole you know what i mean like and like give all the reddit nerds like some fucking red meat to chew on you know it's like without him like they uh they really do suffer on trying to get people to pay attention he really is kind of like that sort of a. Uh, feel like kind of a in a way like Howard Stern was like that sort of like had it just in uh, such an audience dedicated to hating him like that almost is what made him you know gave him the numbers to make him as big as he was so anyway um yeah I mean obviously uh you mentioned their uh 9-11 which was yesterday um I don't know when this will come out obviously but we're recording it the day after 9-11 and um you mentioned Bush and like, this is something I've been actually talking about ranting about on Facebook, uh, probably to, uh, all of my friends on their, uh, annoyance, but like, and just to like, kind of like these long rants, like just paragraphs of bullshit. But 
one of the things I brought I brought up recently was like look at Afghanistan. You look at nine. You just like look at the whole sequence of stuff, um, uh, and how this occurred. And I remember like I was you know old enough to remember the narratives and the media reporting and how this was going down back then. Um, and so people like to always frame this as like, oh, you know, they were just like, like they were caught off guard. Like they had no idea. It was like, nah, that's not true. Um, Bin Laden had done uh, several attacks leading up to 9-11. One of them was the USS Cole, uh, which was basically a suicide bomber that drove into the side of a Navy ship. And uh, that, uh, you know, right there was a pretty big act, you know, uh, of aggression against, you know, U.S. military. Um, I believe people lost their lives. Um, service members lost their lives there. They had intelligence uh, that in hand in August saying, you know, Bin Laden plans to attack the U.S. Um, they always fall back on this. Their bullshit is and I say it's bullshit. I mean, it's up for debate. They say, well, we didn't have specific details. Like we just knew that he was talking about uh, doing something. It was like, look, I don't, you know, I don't think that's that they pro that might be true, but at the same time, there is this whole thing with the FBI investigation. They were looking at the, two of the two of the hijackers like prior to this. Uh, you know, there's all sorts of shady stuff happening with uh, like movements of money and you know, shorts. I don't buy some of the economic stuff because people are always shorting and, and stuff. And are we turning this into a nine 11 discussion? I did a five, hour, five and a half hour episode on it. Um, well, like I just want to comment on something like with Bush and the speech, because there's a story here that goes 20 years long that these fuckers can't admit they're wrong, you know, about their approach to certain things. Right. So, you know, not like these, they drug their feet on 9-11, you know, obviously they had some of these guys in their fucking sights, right? Mm -hmm. um, they were looking at them, but the shit goes down, the tragedy occurs, and, you know, they use it to, you know, do the Patriot Act, you know, all of that bullshit, suspend the Fourth Amendment, you know, go into Afghanistan, do the 20-year-long war, you know, also by proxy Iraq, uh, and and from there, you know, just it, ramping up the capabilities to the drone strikes like it's all connected. It's all has to do with the defense industry and the money just like pouring into that. And and all of this in the name of protection. Right. And the name of safety. Like this is done to keep us safe. We're told. I don't think uh, I'm wrong in speculating on the fact of how much money have we spent working on this country compared to how much we've spent to be in other countries. Um, there was yeah, a, a picture, exactly. well, there was a picture I saw that it was like how much money that was like 11.3 something, uh, trillion dollars that would, that could easily been, you know, given to building up our country, but it's been spent in war efforts doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing. And then it showed China doing the same exact shit and China built up their fucking foundation. And that's why they're able to produce so much. I'm like, I, I'm not a fan, like, cause I've had a lot of people talk about like, look at all the, and I've been trying to get out of the politics. I've been out of it for like a week and a half now. Um, but I always end up getting, cause I, I just, I see, it's not hard to see the writing on the wall and I'm not saying there's a definitive idea of what it is, but I'm like, it's just not, it's just about questioning. I mean, just question where a lot of shit's going from. There's a lot of stuff that's just easily, the wool's always pulled over our eyes because we never go super deep into understanding what the fuck's going on. I mean, there are people like us or people that like this that know the bad shit the government's done in the past, but 
to think that we're not we're above doing it again like i mean fauci had the same shit happen in, when he did the aids cure thing or whatever he was talking about the same shit there were people putting up signs of saying liar fauci in like 2017 and then now it's the same shit and i think yeah. even in that short amount of time he tried to use the same exact route of like lying and manipulation but this is the first time ever in history that our fucking exposure of the media exposure of all the fallacies that are going on into our politics it's an amazing time for an end this is the best end i love this end yeah. this is an apocalypse end i love it well it is in a way kind of like with the you know so much information now and everything's so open yeah there is kind of this sort of mask off sort of thing like the emperor has no clothes it's kind of playing out because everybody can see. And before it was only like, you know, you only could see what, you know, the media and it was carefully curated yeah. for only, you only saw what you were supposed to see. But now it's like, you know, a lot of it's just full mask off. And, um, and back to like, you know, I, I, I know it's kind of like rambling there about nine 11, but like the point I'm really trying to make about it, it's like, you look at like Bush is the architect of, you know, the, the bad ideas, you know, not necessarily the man himself, but the administration, Cheney, Rumsfeld, a lot of those guys, um, the architects of these bad ideas of getting involved in the Middle East, you know, expanding all these surveillance programs, expanding like drone, uh, programs, uh, and basically, you know, wreaking havoc across, you know, uh, the world, <laughs> you know, causing this and that that more than anything, I th think drives anti-American sentiment. Some people disagree. They're like, no, we'll screw what the rest of the world thinks about us. I'm like, it actually does matter. And there's a way to do it that is strong and not, you know, necessarily authoritarian. Um, and that's the whole thing. So these fuckers are very authoritarian minded. They can't be wrong. And like you see it now you know, the whole thing with the Capitol and like Bush's speech where he's relating like domestic terrorists to, you know, Islamic terrorists and talking about how like he's basically turning all of those bad ideas that we had aimed at the Middle East on the country itself because they can't be wrong. Like they can't admit, oh, well, you know, these authoritarian tactics really like, you know, look at the waste of money and the waste of lives and resources. And we really don't have anything to show for it rather than just like admit and own up to it. They can't. They have to be like, no, this is the right way to do things is like, you know, blowing up innocent people, you know, with drones and, uh, you know, spying on them with impunity and uh, really just, you know, using uh, invading their privacy to uh, keep uh, the supremacy of our government uh, in place is is, you know, those are the ideas that they're operating on. And it's really uh, it's really sad because. A lot of people, you know, because it's so partisan, kind of just kind of go along with it. You know, they're like, oh, they. I am okay with this brand of authoritarianism because that's what uh, my side believes in. And I, I'm just like, no, you should call it out no matter what side it is. It doesn't matter. You know so I, I don't care who's saying the bad idea. I'm going to call out the bad idea. And they're full I, of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, and I've been trying to think about this for a while, but I think in 2012 was the first time that we really ever saw um, the people actually get the person they want appointed into office. Like it was like a giant majority of people that just wanted Obama into office besides the people that maybe didn't. Cause I mean, that was the big push. There was a lot of people uniting together to get Obama into office because they all thought he was going to make change as much as he said he was going to. And I don't think it's, 
people say we haven't recovered, like people's minds broke when Trump became president. I mean, a lot of people are just still like, just they, they're never going to let it end. They're going to be 80 years old bitching about the guy after he's long gone. Yeah. And I just think that right now we're dealing with a system that was not, I mean, forever for how many presidents we had before Obama or before 2012, it was always kind of like, this is who the president's going to be. This is you, maybe voter fraud. People always bring up with Trump. I was like, but to think that it didn't sway a certain way before 2012. And then suddenly you got every single person talking about how they wanted Obama into office. And Man, I just I look at it now, like what we're dealing with with Biden and all these things. I'm like, why haven't we seen Kamala Harris in a while? Why haven't we like, you know, we haven't really seen a whole lot. We're seeing more uh, Jen Psaki than anything. And I think this has just been a whole entire like slowly like the controls are trying to be grabbed back by the government again to where they're like, OK, the people elected all these people. And now we're slowly starting to see the shift back to what it was before. I feel like now that people aren't going to know what to vote next election. I don't know if anybody's going to really vote a whole lot. I mean, right now, a lot of people don't really give a shit about where they're living at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Obama, both elections really did. He really did crush it. Uh, I mean, 2008, I mean, he ran, he absolutely ran away with it. I don't think maybe um, 2008, not 2012, 2012. He, um, he did, he still crushed it. I mean, like both times, like it, McCain's did no, absolutely no chance. Like Bush and Cheney and all them had just trashed the Republican reputation at that point. Like, you know, there was no universe in which the Republicans were going to win that election. Like there were, they just through the you know afghanistan and iraq like uh yeah like people were done um because like uh, there was just too much dishonesty and lies and like um uh, and uh, with obama coming in being like you know we're, we're going to change stuff like this is going to be different we're going to be transparent you know uh they're going to support whistleblowers and that sort of thing and like that's what like you know uh, snowden edward snowden really bought into that um and believed in that and that's why, you know, he was working at uh, CIA, I, I think at that time, but he, you know, contracted with NSA and did all that stuff. Uh, and so, and saw kind of what they were up to and like the level of access they had, you know, with impunity, you know, just like with no congressional authorization, basically to just look at people's private lives. Um, and, uh, well, it's going to happen know, again, the infrastructure bill, they're going to make, they're going to give you Wi-Fi. Everyone's like, oh, cool. Now the cable companies can't gouge your prices without fixing your internet they just keep saying an outage in your area i'm like yeah but if you're letting the government control wi-fi or help make better connections for your wi-fi systems now you're just accepting the fact that they're going to track everything that you fucking do you know at least now we get a little warning or something that we always hit accept or something about tracking but man i would like to take the blue pill i'd like to go back to where way before any i wish i could erase all the information we know about everything that's been exposed about our government because i feel like living in a mindless state was way easier than what it's living in now because the only I, the main thing i try and support with people is the fact that if we can all come together on the same basis of something we see change people are more powerful than anything if we all can stand together and truly link arms and go against a certain topic but everyone dude i don't know if it's because of it's our government or it's other governments that are working into our things or bot accounts or whatever the fuck it is 
You might create bot accounts because you want a bunch of yes men supporting your opinion. But then now you're fucking up every single person's brain out there of like what's real or not. Like Stephen King having to retweet something or, or uh, correct himself after making a false claim about something. A lot of people only saw the first tweet. They did not see him come back out and say that. And then as soon as they did, people commented and said, oh, you're fucking misinformation. It's like a minute ago, you just liked his fucking tweet. But now he doesn't agree with what your bias is. And it's like, are we so subjective and it's acting like like we talked about our second episode. It's more about acting with emotion than it's acting with thought. It's not about being wrong. It's like with the lab thing, I had people call me a fucking idiot for even suggesting that it came from there, calling me a conspiracy theorist. It's a documentary on on demand right now. You can watch all about the fucking lab where they literally say we have never had a lab or we've never had a bat at this lab. And then some dude goes, oh, well, here's your video when you opened up your lab in 2018 and it's showing a person holding a fucking bat. And they were like, no comment and walked away. What are we fucking saying? I'm not trying to get into the politics shit. But I really wish people would just start being like, hey, there's no definitive answer on anything. You want to say we live in a dome? Sure. You want to say we don't live in a dome? Sure. Just fucking take the pills and shut the... I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd rather just go back to sleep. Yeah, right. Ignorance is bliss. Now, it's funny. Um, on the latest uh, Matt and Shane's secret podcast, they just kept saying... No, we don't want to, don't we don't want to get political. And then like the next thing they would say would be like, but like abortion is totally bullshit. <laughs> you know, like they would just like kept saying they didn't want to get political and then kept getting political. Yeah, and you know, honestly, I feel like our conversations just always gravitate towards that stuff. This is like kind of what we just talk about. Oh, we don't always have to talk about, you know, the heavy fucking like political There's plenty of other stuff going on in the world. But uh but yeah, I mean it's I think it's just entertaining it's on the forefront of people's minds i spend time on twitter that's what a lot of bullshit on twitter is dedicated to you know what i mean um it's it's i mean i just wish there was more of a common place for creatives because i think the initial inspiration for creativity was like that you can create any content you want to create make it as your own as you want it to be um anything you want to say but now whenever i watch something it's like i'm always hearing someone say now this is a joke and then they go into the joke and it kind of takes out the wind of the joke. And I'm like, why is he doing it? And you start to realize it's self-censorship. And I think that's one of the craziest things. It's like, what, what made this country the greatest thing for a lot of people that are not from this country that always talk about the one thing they're jealous of that we have, and that's freedom of speech. Well, what's your freedom of speech if you're afraid to say something on a concept if you're going to end up getting taken off a platform? I've had so many episodes where someone starts going into a, a certain type of medicine drug you can't say, and I'm like, don't fucking don't because it, 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 it then it's now you're going to be taken off that platform. You're going to be limited unless people are going to see you. And I think even if it's like, as long as you're not talking shit about somebody, like hurting somebody's feelings to where, you know, someone's going to be impacted if they hurt themselves. But then if I even suggest that, like making it so you're banning content that talks shit on somebody, maybe personally as a person or saying they're horrible, whatever, making up lies about them. Then I'm also, you have to understand the goalpost it doesn't just stop there. It eventually starts to spread out. And I think there's all these ideas and all these things that we go against, but what there's no science anymore. There are people that make up ridiculous ideologies I actually brought up in an episode. I think you might like this. Um, so I don't know if you ever heard of the conceptual uh, penis study. Did I ever tell you about that? I don't think so. So enlighten me. 
Um, let me see if I can find the article. Okay, so I, I mentioned this on a previous recording, so I'll just give you the, the cliff notes of it. But so it's this, the, I think me and you talked about how I told you about there was a guy that made a study about um, a, a person that spent a year and a half in a dog park eight hours a day watching the ratio of male dogs humping male dogs and male dogs humping female dogs. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, familiar. to initially say that all dogs are gay because there was a more of a ratio of male dog. It was a fake study, but it was just the factor of the school wouldn't yeah. go against anything that goes against society standards. Well, the conceptual penis as a social construct. So I was talking about how the, the, the penis is technically a social construct of masculinity and is actually damaging because if a man stand or sits with his legs wide open, he's technically implying that he's raping the air. And it was just this bullshit study that this guy just suggested and put it into this, um, this cognitive social sciences thing that ended up getting peer reviewed and then published in an article, um, eventually meaning that if you have a dick, it actually ends up in turn messing up with climate change. And in turn, more men that are alive are conceptually um, climate change is caused by penises. And that was the whole fucking study. And it's a fake study. But I'm like, then what's science? I know so many academics that just talk about the fact of like, there is no more science anymore. There's archaeology programs that are no more. There's different and it's going to keep going. And I'm like, I don't at this point, I think the safest bet is to say science isn't fact. Science is just full of hypotheticals and it's just like a religion. Why are we going to try and destroy science if it's just a bunch of people trying to come to a conclusion of what's their own reality? And I'm starting to question what is even my own reality? Well, it's interesting. Like you bring up something interesting there. It's something I've noticed. And, you know, I don't think it's a mystery to anybody that's really got their their eyes open you know, and trying to really look at the world in a uh, fair way. It's that like, you know, people with agendas are using science as a means to sort of bring about like collective action or like use it as a, an excuse for collectivism, right? Like the whole idea, see, they were doing it with climate change. You know, it's like, well, you know, this isn't about you, you know, as an individual, right? This is about all of us. And we need to protect the planet so we can all live here. And it's this whole collective idea, right, that they're pushing with science. You know, whether or not climate change is happening is really irrelevant to the method that they're using, right? Like, I'm not saying I'm, I believe or don't believe in climate change. What I'm saying is this is just how they're using science to push that. Like, and, you know, whether or not, I, I think there's still questions about whether or not we would have any ability to, alter uh the the composition of the planet i feel like this is a pretty tall order and pretty arrogant you know to think that we have that level of control over the environment um you know i but you know <clears throat> and i don't think signing a piece of paper between a bunch of pompous leaders across the world is going to make a fucking difference but i think really it, what's funny about the whole thing is they push this sort of collective action we need all of the world's leaders and all of us to put us under laws so that we all collectively do these things. Whereas in reality, the real answer ver rather than forcing people, you know, through authoritarian measures to uh, try and fix the environment, it's the uh, individual level is actually where you make the change. So it's like if people on it, and this is the thing, this is like, if you really believe in climate change, you really want to stop it, then on the individual level, you need to show that. And if you don't, if you don't manifest your belief, and stop consuming, you know, unnecessary things, only live within your means, only grow your own stuff naturally, you know, all of the stuff that they preach, 
And if you don't do that stuff, then you you're a hypocrite. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, it's just um, not that it matters to these people. Everyone's a fucking hypocrite. And nobody gives a shit anymore. So it's like, but to me, yeah, I, it's hard to be neutral about controversial topics. You know what I mean? Because how do you talk about those things? And like, you know, you told me about, you know, YouTube taking down videos and, you know, just you're just talking about things. You know, it's not like you're coming out with any sort of fervor like, oh, this works or this doesn't work. Or, you know, it's like, why can't we just talk about the different therapeutics or medicines and like just kind of in a, in a neutral way, not saying that they work or they don't work, but talk about the fact that people are talking about them. You know, it's like, it's weird that like you get into this area where then you can just get stuff removed for just simply trying to be neutral and assess things. And I think that's kind of, that's like what you're talking about. That is a chilling effect on speech that on, on its own will cause people to self-censor and be like, Oh, well, I'm just not going to go there for fear that, yeah, my content will get just taken down by the uh, the overlords. Maybe I'm just an asshole, but whenever I start hearing like thing, like I think the reasoning behind censoring things is you don't obviously want a whole bunch of people following like a cult type thing and then getting tricked into some ways. But then where it, it it's never that though. Like I can still watch a Taliban video of a person getting his head chopped off on fucking YouTube, but then medical just things that people did to themselves is wrong. Like I can watch a dude shove a bowling pin up his ass and expand his asshole out three sizes. And that's still available. It's for your protection. It's for my protection. And I think <laughs> this is where I take it as an insult is the fact of like, you're not letting me, you're not giving me the intelligence that I have when it comes to just being able to decipher out information for myself. And I'm the type of person where I have buddies that are 9-11 conspiracy people or 9-11 truthers. And they talk about, you don't think this was a staged bombing. And I've researched into it. And then I'll say, no, it's not. And I'll talk about a bunch of different things and a bunch of different factors and stuff. And then I have a person that says 9-11 really did happen. And I go, yeah, but did you know? But And then I'll just go to the conspiracy side. It's not yeah. that I'm, I don't know if it's just my personality, but I think it's just an expansion of thought about suggesting things and bringing things up and this is what probably gets me upset most about like the ufo community is that like i like the ideas of talking about aliens and it's really crazy how they're putting all this stuff in reports and stuff but nobody's ever given me like a specific article to look at they're always like well i heard this and this from a friend of a guy who, who knew a guy who knew a person that he picked up and gave him gas one time and then i'm like well uh, what do we I, can you give me some like logical evidence behind it? It's kind of like the Bigfoot shit. They make yeah. it so kind of ridiculous and crazy where nobody's going to take it seriously or put it at face value. Nothing is ever face value. Everything is always hidden in lies and deceit. And I think that's where the situation that we're in kind of now is the world. People wonder why everyone's so interested in politics or everyone's so interested in global issues. It's because for so long they told you the world's going to end tomorrow if we don't worry about climate change. Well, then a hundred fucking years later, the world's still fucking fucking here and now we're starting to deal with some shit it's like well how are we going to trust you that the world's going to end tomorrow if you've been telling me for a hundred years it's going to end tomorrow well yeah and like to that point you know it's like it's you know and not to say that they're wrong you know and obviously some predictions have been wrong but you know maybe the climate is changing maybe we are contributing to it in a on a, on a grand scale and you know and all that being true um i don't necessarily think that that's an excuse for like the collective the collectivism that they promote with it like i still think it's individual responsibility so um you know if we can't get it together like the answer is in my mind it's like people always 
and this is again like with the, going back to bush and like the authoritarianism there it's like the answer they always turn to authoritarianism when it's about protection and safety oh we're going to do it we need to keep everyone safe we need to protect everyone so we need these sweeping authoritarian policies because people just simply aren't responsible enough to do it themselves um and we can't trust people to do it themselves so we need we need authority to come in and and it's just such a poisoned way. If of you thinking. really cared about people, and you just hate you su- people. Well, if you think that way, you know you, what I mean? <laughs> if you really care about saving people's lives, why don't you look at the epidemic of crack or epidemic of all these drugs that are littered through the streets where kids my age are dying of opioid overdoses? You know what I mean? Like you start mm-hmm. to wonder like what? And then I then I look at like, well, the government does throw a lot of money into it, but they don't just don't watch where the fucking money goes. Like it's kind of like the unemployment thing ended. Then everyone's like scattering to get a job when before every place was looking to hire employees where you could walk into a job interview and be like, how much do you guys charge an hour? And they'll be like, well, it's going to be $12 an hour. And you're like, how about 18? And they're like, okay, because they don't have anybody. And then now they're cutting off unemployment. It's like, yeah, because you literally incentivize people that they can just stay at home and get paid more than they would if they were busting their ass working at a fucking shitty job. You know what I mean? It's it's the same thing with the homeless epidemic. Those people get paid, some people in LA get paid $200,000 a year to help out with the homeless population. You're not incentivizing them to end the homeless thing. It's like being a therapist you you never have to worry about being out of the job because everyone always needs a mental health check yeah that's the whole cycle that's what kind of yeah like and what i've i've pointed out sometimes and try to point out as often as you can right when you see it it's like these sort of ecosystems that form out of sort of social issues that they kind of yeah like you're saying they don't they just end up perpetuating the problem because it creates there's careers in it for people, you know, and there's opportunity um, to, yeah, like sort of just pad resumes. And like, so for like a lot of these, you know, like activist types and, you know, government, like, you know, lifers, you know, people that sort of stay in the government, you know, like a lot of the times through connections and stuff, people kind of find these sort of cushy jobs where they're like, oh, you're on the board of some like, yeah, nonprofit that helps the homeless, you know, you know, they actually make all these, you know, decent salaries for the, all the staff and all the volunteers come out and try and do stuff. But it's all kind of like, you know, performative in the end, a lot of it and some of it actually does reach people. But most of the time, yeah, like you're saying, it's just like it's a, it's about careers and salaries for certain people. And it's interesting, the places that you see those those ecosystems pop up and a lot of times they're around. Yeah, like, you know things people can use as a sort of a shield from criticism, right? Because they're like, oh, you're, you're, you speak out against it. You're like, I, I think you're kind of doing some shady stuff there. They're like, oh, well, uh, you're against helping the homeless. It's like, well, no, uh, they're like, well, that's what we're doing, you know? And so it's kind of like they use those sort of like shitty social issues and hide behind that. So it's like, you can't question them in their career and what they're doing, even though they don't, you're in, you're out. They're not solving the issue. It's only getting worse. <laughs> it's like, well, what are you doing about it? You know, would you be against just all technology? Like in the year 2000, when they thought all technology was going to crash, would you be against that having now? Cause I've started to think about it. Like how many people would like, without any politics, how many people would just be fucking mindless all goddamn day because they have nothing to tweet about. You know what I mean? Like, 
I, I start to wonder, like, I, obviously, you see, I see the drum set in the background that you have. That's probably a good way to funnel out a lot and express a lot of the stuff, because when you're talking about subjects like this, or you're diving into history and you're learning about gruesome topics or you're learning about whatever, you start to get a little fucking mindless. Like I have to I went downstairs and just started painting for fucking a week and a half because I just didn't want to deal with politics anymore. I was like, I want to watch Bob Ross and get some fucking happy trees everywhere. And I'm not bad at it. I'm pretty good at it. I'll just send you a photo. Yeah, Yeah, man. Like, you know, that like you're saying, you know, creative outlets are like super helpful and like and to back to like the whole thing with collectivism they're using it with the virus too you know so it's like we focus on climate change for most of the example but like they're focused they're using it with the virus too it's you know it's like the whole coll- it's not about you it's not about your freedom you know it's like all this messaging it's all very collective you know versus like the individual where it's like it's actually not the government's responsibility like to keep you safe it's at the end of the day because they don't do it like that's just that's not their job like they really they're not going to do it um you know the whole thing with police response times and all those things it's like it's really rare that like somebody in the government actually protects and saves your life um so uh this whole idea of this whole collect they use science to push collective action and to me it's like individuals are really where it's at uh you know in in a lot of stuff don't get me wrong like there's plenty of coll- there are times where individuals need to come together in a collective manner but at the same time if it's a just cause and it's not bad it doesn't get bastardized and like sort of um taken over by uh zealots then the movement itself the collective movement will be able to self-reflect and when people question the methods or be like all right are we going too far here is this right you know the people in the movement they're not kicked out, you know, and that's what you see happening with a lot of stuff, especially like on the left is where it's like people question the orthodoxy. They get kicked. They get almost kicked out. You see so many of those people that are just like they're like X, you know, they kind of, you know, what people will call them grifters. And some of them, I think, are like, you know, they just sort of pander to like, you know, like X, X Democrat, X kind of left leaning people that are like, you know, I used to be on that side, but they kicked me out because I quit. I questioned too many things. And like, um, but that's not just true for that it's you know story it's like that's the same story within any collective group any collective action or uh you know collective in general that that uh that pops up but it's so if you have that self-reflection you know within the collective to be like no we're going too far here like i feel like that's usually a just movement right a just collective movement when they get these people in charge of it that just fucking turn into zealots and just attack people when they like dare question hey is this is this right you know because i just wanted to make sure where because a lot of the times it's genuine it's not it, if somebody's cr- questioning or criticizing you know if it's on twitter like we're not talking about twitter but like you know in, in general like if a serious movement it's like if people are doing that they care you know they've taken enough time to think about it you know and be an individual and try and have their own perspective and if you hear them out and approach them you know with uh you know uh way they you know with honey rather than vinegar like that like you're way way more likely to like keep things together and also to like you know maybe actually progress because that's the whole thing people talk about with progressives oh they progress they say they're progressive but they don't actually change <laughs> they just anybody that questions and wants change they kick out and so it's like well that's not very progressive right um but anyway i'm kind of rambling about that but this is just something actually that's been on my mind the past week 
is just you know uh and uh, seeing how that stuff uh, materializes it all comes from this quote from george carlin i saw um you know obviously george carlin's fucking great um, but he was talking about how he loves individuals and he hates the the groups and communities and collectives they all belong to because you know those are the most uninteresting things about people what makes people interesting like back to your point is like the creative outputs like that's what i like to hear about people like what do you do like what did you what have you made you know it's like that's what i like i just sent you a people. picture of my fucking painting i made oh yeah yeah all right Let's check your phone <laughs> twitter what i think in the future and like the next like i think this political thing is coming to an end of a trend soon and i'm like i never know if i wanted it to end not on the fact of how enticing uh painting or not painting enticing politicals are but i think it's important to know like the way of the world and actually give a shit about like what's going on in the world around you but i think it's gone to the extreme too much where i think in the next couple of years we're going to be seeing independent creators start creating their own platforms like joe rogan opened up a club i wouldn't be a, if i had a bunch of money like joe rogan i would open up my own platform where i would have just a free range of being able to express yourself on a podcast if you feel the need to do that on a podcast you know if you wanted to have your show and you wanted to talk about certain things i don't don't like the self-censorship because then it's blocking the way that you think then it, it, it kind of hinders the conversation and i'm seeing way too many shows much like my own sometimes talks about a lot of these political issues and i think it's important to highlight these things and also give a shit about this but it can't like consume your fucking life man where we're gonna i i think artists people that are rappers creatives musicians are gonna instead of getting into the politics i feel like they're just going to end up creating a platform or creating something that's going to be unique for everyone kind of like bill and ted's the new one the excellent adventure where they had to get a song to unite the world Something like that, not really uniting the world, but just making it so this isn't the trending topic anymore. We have TikToks that trend randomly. The political shit is always all over the place. And I'm wondering if people are just gonna be like, I'm tired of fucking like, because me, I've been taking breaks off social media where I'm just like looking on it every time I click on there, it's a fucking political or it's a pandemic talk. And I'm like, eventually, I feel like people are just gonna get to the point where it's like, I just wanna watch cat videos. And then they're going to see a whole platform where it's just cat videos. And do I want that mindless state? I don't know. But I also don't feel the need to feel like you can't talk about certain things or express the way you feel because you're going to be limited on the speech that you have to say. Yeah. And like, uh, you know, I think you're, you're kind of touching on something there that's important. It's like creators sort of need, I think creative people in general just sort of need to like kick out the activists from the creative space um and some people disagree with that some people really do think like you know creativity and the activism are like really intertwined you know they look at the 60s and they point to all that stuff and it's like look i mean there's some necessary there are like again there's necessary collective action but at the same time what's going on right now is creativity is suffering at the hands of collective action like it is the fact of the matter is you know individual creators are having you know their stuff torn apart and like you know ripped on and you know and just kind of brigaded you know what i mean it's not into it's like again you put your stuff out there you deal with the consequences but some people you know you know that are uh you know they make stuff that you know i i find a lot of it to be pretty tame you know but like again it doesn't have like maybe it's just playing towards a sensibility like you know um that uh, a certain crowd doesn't like i know i'm being kind of vague about it but i'm trying i'm trying to sort of be use catch-all terms here so i can but anyway like you know you can just it's really interesting to see how some individual creators will draw the uh 
control the like backlash on some stuff that's just to me is like really mundane it's just like that's like really tame like well, i they, don't know creativity is... should be should evoke emotion like i read I really like stuff that's extreme and edgy and like really evokes a lot of emotion. So it's like, I mean, a lot of stuff gets huge backlash, especially from like, you know, the right and the left. And it's what's funny. It's just like, I, that's why creators need to kick out the political, like, like we should just be able to uh, create people should be able to create and enjoy their stuff. Um, you know, without, without the activists and people like kind of trying to come in and brigade their shit. It's just like creators should be able to stand up for one another, regardless of, the politics you know what i mean that's what i'm kind of saying it's a, just like you know but there's too many of them i think that are consumed now within either side because some guys like become like sort of these free speech warriors and it's like i don't really like i don't want to become that guy you know what i mean like that's always just like banging on about free speech because i mean it's an important thing but at the end of the day it's like i don't think that's not my creative like you know uh, vision you know it's like to be a free speech person like i do music like that's what i like but i think free speech is expression are tied to me being able to express myself creatively so it's like they they are kind of uh connected in that way so i will speak to it and that's really where a lot of my stuff comes from like pri like that's why like you know yeah first amendment you know and privacy your ability to like create and do stuff within your own privacy of your own home because a lot of controversial and creative uh, uh create controversial art throughout history uh draws the uh anger of authority and so if the authorities are able to just like look into everybody's lives with impunity and see what everyone's working on you know and somebody's working on something that's particularly controversial or something you know the government can like pressure them you know, in a, in a sort of dystopian scenario could like, you know, pressure or suppress somebody's creativity because it goes against them. And like that. So to me, that's how all the issues tie back to what, to me and my creative, uh, you know, vision. Right. So that's the only real reason why I get involved in politics. <laughs> you know, it's all the reason where I really want to talk about it. But then you, it's funny though, because you scratch that little surface of that you know, free speech sort of privacy issue. And you see all of the, the invasiveness and the bastardization of it. And like, it, it, it's this whole big thing that you get into. And it's just like, man, you really can't just focus on like that one little thing, right? It's all connected. You just, you open one thing up and boom, it's all tied to other stuff. And then now you're fucking involved. You're in the middle of politics, right? And well, none of you, it's how it an information spread anymore because what's information? Information is just whatever you really hear and then you reiterate or you pick what's good and then you reiterate. But everything's bait clicking. There's so much clickbait out yeah. there that it's ridiculous. You read something, you're like, oh my God, what? And then you click it and it's like this, okay, they just took that out of context and threw it this weird way. But everything always reverts back to like a certain side where you're like, oh, this is whatever this side's garbage. And I'm like, man- it's just going to get to a point where I think eventually people are just going to get fed up with the whole internet shit and they're going to try and find a way to bring it back. And I know it's a big part of a lot of people's lives, but I mean, the mental age of these younger kids, like children that are coming up that have just been exposed to the internet, there's no fucking point anymore. Schools are open back again now. And there's like, what, half of the, there's half a class now. Cause they're like, what, where's the rest of the class? Well, the rest of the kids is rather they don't feel comfortable going back to school. I'm like, cause you haven't incentivized them to want to go back. You've given them the option to stay home. If I was a kid and I had to choose to go to school or stay in my house, I would fucking stay in my house. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
you know, that's, uh, you know, my buddy has a gif for his zoom profile picture and it's his eyes blinking every couple of seconds and then looking his head down and looking back up. And that's what he uses as his pick during his classroom meetings. So he's able to oh, do yeah. whatever the hell he wants. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like tr trick the teacher. Um, you know, it's interesting is, you know, the way technology has changed, uh, education, you know, the, a lot of the paradigms around education haven't, you know, progressed, right? Like, you know, there's still the whole centralized, you know, we go to a location, you know, we, uh, you know, uh, an underfunded location, you know, with not enough teachers and it's overcrowded and like, you know, it's, it's pretty wild. You know, I think there needs to, there needs to be a change in just how education is approached. There's probably greater minds than me thinking about all that. Um, and hell, any number of approaches, you know, to take to it. But like, I, there's something that needs to change there because like school just can't compete, you know, with the, like the, the, the ever expanding, um, uh, arena of content and distractions that like kids growing up now have to deal with. I mean, I grew up like with video games. Like, I mean, those were always like a big distraction, but like that was the biggest distraction probably. Um, now it's just like with all of the content, the apps, you know, YouTube, you know, it's just, I, it's my mind boggling. I can't imagine what a kid's going through right now, just dealing with all of the stimulation. My thoughts is that there needs to be a class on life. And I think I, people always take it like, oh, you mean like paying your bills and shit? I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, a class just on like the beauties of life, because you're not going to see them every single day when you walk outside. You're not going to notice these things. The first thing that's going to be on your mind is paying bills, not worried about like the color of the trees or the beautiful sky that's out in the air, just how a fucking cloud moves. Like really appreciating like when I go outside and I lay like get some sun or something, I'm looking at clouds and shit. And I'm like, it's fucking beautiful out. Like, I don't I, I, I know like there can be shitty days, of course, but even and then you could find beauty in it. And I think that's what kids need to prioritize on. But I think like there's that goes back to the mask in school, all the people that are complaining that their kid has to wear a mask in school. To I've listened to Eric Weinstein, an evolutionary biologist, talk about this. And he talked about how if you're not letting kids see facial recognitions, like if a person's going to smile, like I was watching the 9-11 when they were all singing the song the kids were for the, you know, they were singing the national anthem. They just look like they were no offense to the kids, but like, look like they were blowing something because they were fucking singing with their mask on and you can't see the, the, the creases of the face. So it just looked like they were like eating food under their mask. And this is important stuff. A child that you grow up to, I know, like, because I have friends that can't really hear that well. So they have to look at facial cues. And when, you know, when you're telling a joke or something, if I have the lower part of my face covered up, then you can't see if I'm smiling or laughing. It's the same thing. Little kids are just going to grow up where I have generations that un don't understand facial recognition well. And that's coming from Eric Weinstein, an evolutionary biologist. But my thing is, is like, there's also, he also mentioned this, which I thought was interesting, was that there's also a portion of people that don't really want schools to be open because their kid might not have a fair advantage compared to some other people's parents. Like so we know some people's parents who want to put their kid in excelling classes. And we all know some parents that are just worried with work and they hope their kid can do their shit on their own. Some parents think it's going to be at a disadvantage if their kid gets to go back to school and not learn online like the rest of them, because then they're getting a different form of education that might excel their student past it. It's like a fucking game with your kids. Like my kid can do a home run. My kid has gotten two home runs. My kid's gotten three home runs. And I'm like, it's very interesting to me on what we're focused on, where I'm looking at the concept of I think homework is important. 
I know people hate homework. I hated homework, but then I start looking at the function of you're really trusting that the kid can be able to be responsible for himself and do his fucking homework, or at least cram it in on the bus ride to fucking school that day it's due. You know, like that was a, a potential like good aspiration or skill to be able to develop. It's like, fuck, I didn't do my homework over the weekend. I ended up playing video games when I got to do it on the bus ride and you used to copy somebody's homework. You still had to cram it in and fucking get it done. Whether you soaked up the information or not, it's another skill. There was being able to function in the last quarter seconds of the game. When you shoot that three shotter, I think that's an important thing to develop as a kid, but now it's like, well, some teachers aren't going to give out homework. Well, they think all, so you have more time with your family. I get that. That's important too. But at the same time, what about the kids that just go home and play Xbox anyway? Now you're not incentivizing them to try and find a way to cram all this information in the last couple of minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I, yeah, education is a and too, like you see it sort of translated over and like with a lot of this stuff with how they're dealing with, uh, you know, yeah, COVID and masks and how like the teachers' unions are all, you know, you know, it seems like the kid, nobody really cares about the kids. Like, I don't know. Um, it, and too, like it seems like it's really interesting to see all of that happening and even people you're for against masks whatever it's like in a lot of these scenarios it's just being mismanaged like the messaging is like all over the place the decision making is like seemingly like illogical in ways and like i don't know like i don't know what the answer is but there's just so many to me like mindless bureaucrats in so many positions like middle managers that are just so used to just doing sort of these sort of sweeping kind of rules that and it's just i don't know i feel like the the you know the the uh the area the allowing for nuance and gray area and discussions anymore it just seems like it has to be a binary it's like either or and things are just always framed that way. And I, I, I you're don't talking know. about my personality. I'm a middle roader and everyone's like, I fucking hate middle roaders. I'm like, what? That I'm not going to choose a fucking side. Yeah. I love everyone always complains about that. And it's just like, oh, it's like, well, you don't you don't have the guts to to take a stand for something. It's like, you know, it's not that it's that I just don't I just going to be honest about what I see. And sometimes that pisses off people on the left. Sometimes that pisses off people on the right. It's just like I'm just going to be honest about it. And people don't like that because it's people don't want you to be honest. People want you to agree with them. And, you know, and, and it's what it comes down to. And I don't ever come at anybody like aggressively. That's what I always think is pretty funny about it. It's like at most of the time when people get pissed off, it's like it's when I'm being like pretty reasonable, at least online. Like if you're being and I'm being reasonable in person, a lot of times people respond pretty well to that. It's one thing I've always think is interesting is online versus real life it's like i talk to people in real life and it's like wow people are just so much more re people are so reasonable and but then i talk to people online it's just like wow people really suck and so it's just like i think where you interact with people really does affect how you view them and and that's why i like the carlin quote about individuals you know how he loves individuals and hates groups i i think is so important because like when you meet individuals you talk to individuals like you kind of learn about people and like you can you can connect on a on a on a deeper level with individuals can't really collect connect with movements and groups you know what i mean you can feel feel connected but like you know it is a sort of hollow abstract superficial connection there's a you know a deeper 
meaningful connection that you feel between two people is a that's different you know that's also a challenging thing you know when you have that with somebody not just like a relation a romantic you know but like a platonic you know somebody like a between friend, male friends or you know female friends like having a relationship that that uh is healthy uh is hard you to just slide into toxic um uh behavior and but you know it's challenging to be in a healthy re uh, relationship with somebody and you know uh you have to compromise you know you have to have you develop some form of empathy you know to tr try and understand how they feel about stuff and you know you also have to uh, have some self-awareness to how you affect people right it it forces you as an individual to challenge yourself and and to me like that's that's what's important about human connection um and and when we don't do that with each other when we only talk to each other through social media we lose on that genuine deep connection because we're only talking to avatars and we're only talking to um people we cannot kind of just will project a group identity upon it's like oh well there that's a that's a that's a maga crowd or that's a uh, that's a that's a socialist or you know that's a you know it's uh, whatever you know a communist or whatever label you want to stick on somebody you know it's just like well, you just project that um, based on somebody what they're saying online but if you talk to somebody in person it's like yeah you get to know what they do creatively and don't get me wrong I do meet some people in person that are just like so politically minded and all uh, caught up in someone's stuff they're just boring like you're not interesting. I'm sorry if you're just like, you know, I'm a I, you know, I'm an activist for this that and the other. It's like to me it's like uh, but like, you know, well, we agree on do? some things. Like we agree that if the police should be defunded. I fucking hope the police don't have any money. I don't want anybody coming to my house when someone has a gun to my doorstep. But like your social media is different from the David I'm talking to now. And I think with it's so easy just to be a different persona like if you looked at george carlin for instance he could not be a comedian today in this day and age no fucking way back in the day yes he was great but the times were different times are different now like people talk about comedy should never i had a comedian on the show a while back tell me comedy should never punch down i'm like comedy's comedy it's funny if it punches up or down when bill burr talks about like driving past an antifa rally and just saying one fucking thing that he knows is going to get a bunch of like feminists pissed by saying go in the kitchen and make me a sandwich just because he wants to watch them all run into the street like leatherface screaming and running around in circles like when he's spinning the chainsaw around it's a fucking joke but he's not there's no like a lot of comedians are afraid to even do comedy down here anymore. And you think that's one thing we would appreciate more now, the fact that it's coming back because it's been closed off for so long. Like people are just happy to be out of the fucking house. But I was watching one of my favorite specials is Ron White special on Netflix. Um, and I'm watching it now. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. Like you, a lot of this shit, like you hear it in the crowd. I didn't notice it the first time I saw it. I think it came out like two and a half years ago around Christmas time. I heard him talk about how. um like he was mentioning like a couple gay references or something. And some person just goes, boo. And the crowd, he goes, Oh no, I get it. I get it. I'm not saying anything bad. And, and I didn't notice that the first time I watched it, but now I look at it, I'm like, yeah, those things, they age differently. That was just a different time period to be able to drag that in there. George Carlin, he said a lot of real shit and really funny shit, but it's dark and a little bit gritty at times. And now a lot of that would not fly today. People would label him as something. And that's what the world is today. It's just labeling sadly. And I think there's going to be a, a I'm trying to look at the positive to it 
as much as I like to talk about, it's like the apocalypse and this is the best end there possibly is. But I think there's a positive to it all, which is a fact. I think now people are just like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I could walk up to so many people and go, hey, did you see the news last night? What happened? Because they are just done. They're just over it. It's like me and you when you talked about, hey, did you see this? And it's like, no, I didn't. I didn't see it at all. I've been off political stuff for a week and a half now. And it felt good. Yeah, dude. And like, you know, Carlin's, uh, you know, they still shit on Carlin. I mean, like, I've seen plenty of people do it now. Like, yeah, they'll like, you know, you know, shit on him, uh, you know, going, even go looking back on his stuff, you know, even remove the context of the time like they always do. You know, it's just like um, a, this stuff was relevant, though. And like, um, you know, it's his trajectory was interesting because like you listen to his early stuff. and I'm more of a it's funny. I like I really like a lot of his earlier stuff. I tend to like his earlier stuff more than the later stuff because the earlier stuff was just more like more lighthearted and just sort of goofy and just generally he was like meditating on like the idea of comedy, you know, and, and what it means to be funny. And, and I, I really enjoy that stuff because like, as he got older, he got a lot more cynical and like, you know, uh, crass and like uh, angry. And it's interesting because like, it's like people a lot of times go in the reverse, right? Like they start younger, they're, they're cynical, crass and angry. And as they get older, they sort of mellow out. Right. It's like, he kind of went in reverse. Like, uh, <laughs> he kind of got cynical and angry as he got older. It's interesting. And, uh, and don't get me wrong. I still like, like, love like a lot of his older bits and he has some good, really good stuff in there. Um, but I always felt like towards the end of his life, he did get a little too cynical about people and, and that's where in general, I think it just came from, you know, being an old man, you know, and everything getting crazy. I think it was just um, about being famous because how many people are, there are plenty of people that are famous that have horrible stories of like who would want to be fucking famous is because you just interact with a whole new crowd of people. You know, me and you, if we ended up becoming like these number one hits all over the news or whatever, all over the Internet or whatever, I don't think we'd want that because it'd be cool to have money for sure. But it'd be annoying as fuck never having peace and having a different audience of people coming at you like you build up your audience. Like for me, my show, for instance, it comes across everybody. And that's only because I have random guests that have a different crowd of views and the people that listen to the guests before. So I'm coming across these people's friends. So I'm coming across like feminists where I talk about I have issues with a lot of people. Like some people look at my episodes and go, there's a couple issues you guys talked about. I was like, what issues? Like the UFO stuff, really? You're giving these people a platform? It's like, well, they're people that believe this type of stuff and I want to hear them out and I want to talk about these topics. You know, this is something that a lot of people are interested in because they don't want to get into interest in other things but people say it's ridiculous you give these people a platform i'm like you come across so much hate where i start to see why people just cut out of social media and they're not like when i reach out to famous people and nobody ever gets back i had greg proops message back which was pretty cool my favorite was bob saget yesterday liked my comment he put up a uh a video clip or something like that he was talking to someone from full house and he's mentioned something like from doing afv to doing this and i commented on his photo i was like you don't remember me bob but in 2004 i went on uh i was the kid that played the national anthem by farting through a recorder and he liked my comment i was like that see that's what i like is that a lot of people know bob saga from full house they don't know all the dirty jokes and all the times he spent when he made a movie with richard pryor richard pryor who lit himself on fire by taking freebase and fucking just trying to blow himself up these are things where 
people look at a comedian or they look at someone, they say, this person's insane. I'm like, but did you just, did you see that? Like Tim Dillon's the best example. People, I love Tim Dillon. I know you like Tim Dillon too, but nobody knows about his like personal stuff. His mom being a schizophrenic who worked at a fucking mermaid place where she used to swim around all day acting like a fucking mermaid and his dad being a failed musician. He had the craziest upbringing. You wonder why the guy did fucking cocaine and all this shit when he was working at a fucking stock office. Like you start to realize like, a lot of these people like Robin Williams, dark past, you know, we didn't see that. We don't, we look at someone and we just hear what they're saying, but we don't know what got them to the point of how they think. And I think that's very important. It's not even having empathy. It's just about understanding that a person got to the place that they're at. When I see someone freak out on social media over something, I look at it like when I see a person or screaming into a cop's face where spits flying and hitting their fucking forehead and they're just insane. They look like they're mentally unwell. Well, what got them to the point that they were at that level? Cause no one just wakes up out of bed saying, I'm going to fucking punch every cop in the face. Yeah, there's, I think, too, there's some level of awareness that, you know, some people definitely come off as, like, having, like, some sort of issue, right? They were taken behind a shed. Like, you're like, okay, yeah, like, there's something going on with you. But, like, guys like Dylan, I mean, like, you know, he's kind of doing an act, too. Like, I think part of it, you know, uh, is just kind of, like, his thing. But, uh, But at the same time, though, it's like, yeah, some of these people, like, you know, it is no mystery why they are the way they are. Um, I don't like to get too like armchair psychologist about some of that stuff. Cause like a lot of people really do that online or just like trying to sort of like get in r- people's heads and trying to like read them and like Dax Shepard made a podcast about it. Yeah. Like uh, I'm not really about that. Um, I don't want to act like I'm any sort of authority on like what makes people tick. Um, I, 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 but like, you know, I just try to like, you know, judge people as I, as they come, you know what I mean? So it's like an individual I meet, no matter what their, what groups, uh, they belong to no designations, whatever it is, how they, how they treat me is really what matters. You know, it's like, that's how I assess that interaction. You know, it's like, if you come at me aggressively and like a douchebag, it's like, well, you know, I take that into account. Um, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be that. some people are always like, well, you know, you got to give respect to get it. And like that whole thing It's like sometimes, you know, I'll be diplomatic, even if I'm not being treated well, just to sort of get through a social and awkward social interaction. Um, sometimes, though, you know, if somebody's being particularly disrespectful to me or somebody like I, I care about and just like an appropriate in an inappropriate context, I might then say something and be vocal. Um I don't like to do that. I don't think a lot of people like to do that, but I think, again, this comes back to honesty and like, you know, being honest about uh, what you want. And, you know, it's like some people take this way too far. You talk about being a Karen, you know, and like kind of freaking out on people in public, you know, it's just like, I'm not getting the service that I want here. It's like, I'm not really talking about that, but you know, um, but in general, like I've talked about, like most individuals I meet, most people are, are cool. I don't know. Yeah. Some people really have a hard time maybe with that. I think some of it comes down to people's anxieties and they're thinking too hard about themselves. You know, they get really, they get really withdrawn within themselves. And, um, you know, I think, you know, it, 
You, Everyone's got to find a, perpetu- a way to deal with that. Well, you fight a perpetual battle in your own fucking head, and then you expect the interaction to go that way, and it never ends up going that way. Usually, the person's pretty nice about stuff. It's just hard because when you, like, I see so many people that will like follow and unfollow on social media on a concept. They don't like the stuff the person's posting just because they're liking something or they're involved in something. I'm like, I guarantee you, you talk to that person, they're not going to just strike up immediately about fucking politics or something. That usually they have a good couple minutes of chatting and understanding or oh i'll hold the door open for you no dude's holding the door open for someone and just starting to scream about trump i mean there probably is somebody out there that does that but it's it's mostly like i think everyone's just trying to find a way to be able to like figure stuff out that's why i'm more of a fan of people that push against the system and like it's weird when you say the system people start going oh you're anti-government you're a conspiracy person i'm like no i'm like I just don't when I see the first article, the newest article, I don't just run with it and start labeling that as fact and living my life around it. You know what I mean? I kind of just that's why I like Tim Dillon. That's why I like Bob Saget. That's why I like all these comedians that have jokes that are dirty jokes or abrupt jokes or crazy like Hillary Clinton's or reptile jokes because they're funny. I know they're not being serious, but I also know when they're fucking saying a joke like the John, the John uh, Stewart thing where he's running around and talking about the lab and all this shit it was a fucking bit and you really saw a lot of people say he looked like a nut job it's like yeah there might have been some spectacle like hey check this shit out but it was a bit it was a joke but so many people are like he looks like a schizophrenic running around on screen i was like man if that's really how you feel about a guy that took spent so many years that the government didn't do getting 9-11 first responders the medical aid that they needed to all those years doing that you're really going to dismiss all that but people only look at the basic thing nobody looks at the 20 years of what we accomplished in afghanistan because it was all ruined in a fucking week you know what i mean like everyone looks at those factors of things and it's easy to but it's all about the last imprint the last thing that you say the last thing we end the podcast on which could be like Uh, something motivational to someone out there. That's what they'll take away from it. They're not going to listen to, I mean, they heard the rest of it, but that's the one key takeaway is always the ending notes. And sadly with everyone's ending notes, it's never super positive because you miss the initial reaction. You know, what's crazy too. It's like, I've heard so many creative people talk about this now. It's like, you know, they're like, if you have a podcast or you do anything creative, you know, Uh, if you get a job in corporate America, it's just like, just delete all your stuff, you know, just don't even, don't even try and maintain both of those things. Because if somebody like, you know, comes after you, you know, they will go through all of your shit and just like find something like nobody's perfect. There's something that you will have said that even as mundane as it might seem to you, somebody somewhere can frame it in a way and remove all the context and frame it in a way that will get you fired, right? Or like get you, or yeah. So, and I, it sounds kind of defeatist, and I, and I, but I get the sentiment. And it's just interesting though to me that like, yeah, a lot of people just, and so many people are like, well, if you want to do this podcast stuff, if you really want to do kind of the comedy and real, real comedy stuff, like you kind of got to be outside of the system, you know, you can't. Uh, and when we talk about the system, like you're saying, it's funny. Um, yeah, so many people think when you talk about the system, you know, obviously it's a very uh, a nebulous term. Like you could be referring to any number of things there. To me, the system that the, the, the real bad system, I'm not talking about just the inner workings of the government. In fact, I think the theory of our government in theory, again, is works pretty well, like the theory. But 
the for system a couple hundred years old is pretty of, good. Yeah, it seems to last, but the, what people have done is like they've gotten out at those mechanisms with the lobbying and stuff within those mechanisms um, that are sort of, they have developed, like we talked about, their own ecosystems themselves, right? Um, they're not, uh, it's not necessarily just the government system. It's like the ecosystems of careers and bullshit uh, that that have popped up uh, out of this, these self-preserving entities that you know basically only exist to prove their ex need to exist, right? Like they're only out there. The only reason that they exist is because they have funding to prove that they're necessary, right? And they do this, they do whatever job, you know, um, to 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 show that they're worth something, you know, and they provide something, you know, which is usually just like, again, cushy careers for people to sort of like shuffle in and out of. So it's like, oh, well, that administration ended. Um, unfortunately, there's no job for you in the White House here. But here, like there's a job over here in this lobbying firm. You know, we can we'll sit you over here, work here for four years. Maybe the next administration, you know, there'll be a job for you. You know, so it's like, this is what they do. It's just a fucking musical chairs thing. The sort of nepotism and the sort of, you know, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know, that sort of thing, that how Washington works. It's all very insular. It's all very incestuous. And that's what I talk about when I talk about the system. I think there is more value in just, I know we both probably want facts, but I think we're both the same in the fact of we don't mind listening to other things and looking around and just seeing both perspectives of stuff. And I think that's more value than anything. I know a lot of people like teams, but I think a middle roader like myself, it's not a fact of like, oh, I have to pick a side, but I think it's a fact of like every side has value. Every perspective has value to it. It's just about what you're taking from it and what you're understanding about it. I think you can get more, like we're saying more with honey and vinegar. Well, more about understanding and just talking rather than challenging and then trying to cut off things. I don't really see a whole lot now that are really just people having conversations. It's always assuming what somebody said and then going after them for it, which I'm like, I suck at social media and Sadly, as a content creator, you have to be good at it to be able to do all this stuff. But I'm like, it gets where it gets. You know, I'm not a person that really cares about being on social media because I know the dangers of it. And that's sadly that you're just going to be coming across. A, you'll see a fucking nine year old, nine year old getting his head chopped off or drinking bleach. And I'm like, I don't really want to see that. I kind of would like to, you know, my day just started. It's morning. I haven't even had coffee yet. I'd rather just fucking live life and see where it fucking goes. And if that means being off social media and I can't promote my shows, then. That's what that means. You know, I'd rather just be able to set up conversations, have this type of talk and thing. But, you know, as soon as you click on a certain social media platform, as addicting as it fucking is, the first thing is something trending about something bad or it's a fucking Harry Potter book. Yeah, like, um, you know, it's uh, kind of interesting that um, I don't know if you saw this um, and I, I think this related to what you were talking about. But um, like, yeah, like kind of being in the middle of the road, it's interesting because sometimes like, you know, I always I think about it I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like just being in the middle of the road. Like, uh, you know, what's so what's wrong with that? You know, I don't understand like why people have an issue with that. But like, I don't know if you saw like uh, it was like a week or two ago, um, like Chelsea Manning made this post on Twitter about like Glenn Greenwald and was just like basically like trying to like call out Glenn for um, 
like you know sort of like entertaining kind of like like nazi ideology like basically kind of like right entertaining right-wing extremism and and sort of letting and fomenting it and and how like she would give glenn back the ten thousand dollars he gave her if she had it and all this stuff and it was just like it was this really weird call out because it's just like so you're saying that you would give them money that so this person gave you money apparently and like and and you know we it's very it was very bizarre because i the way i took it was like it didn't make glenn look bad but anyway um so what glenn did in response was like look i haven't really he was like i haven't really talked to chelsea uh much since like she got out of prison um but here's all of the communication that i've had with her over the course of the past you know uh five years or so you know since uh she was in prison and all that stuff and you see their interaction and the way manning is framing so many things like it's just like manning whatever ideology has consumed her mind like she there is no gray area like there it is a total us and them thing she's like they call it like 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 a nazi bolshevik the you know ideology thing i guess like I, and maybe there is this proliferation of it to me it all seems very uh paranoid like that there are like these vast elements of like like sort of like right-wing extremists in the united states and maybe i'm fucking wrong about that i don't have but to me that's what this whole push for domestic terrorism is and all this stuff is turning it's turning that uh the aim of the foreign terrorism mission on people in the u.s and to me it's all very because honestly it's like the people that we bombed and you know droned over in the middle east uh that was on some pretty dubious intel a lot of the times yeah they're blowing up weddings birthday parties killing just innocent people left and right um and uh and then would claim oh hey you know you know we killed a bunch of terrorists today mission accomplished right and then this basically what happened in Afghanistan. I don't know if you saw that New York Times reporting that came out on Friday, but basically it looked like they put together uh, some intelligence that like, you know, the people that were targeted by that drone strike was actually just like some aid worker, you know, you know, just doing, you know, uh, aid worker shit. Uh, people obviously were like, oh, well, you know, we don't know that for sure. It's like, yeah, okay, fair enough. But does that mean that we needed to blow them up? You know, it's like if it, it doesn't like the evidence that they had and they claim they had, it appears to not add up to what they were saying. That's um, the that's had. the fear for me is that we ended up doing something like what just happened. And then you see how everything was trending about the Pentagon. And then now nobody's talking about it and nobody's owning up to the mistake that they accidentally just did that and bombed and killed, killed a couple of people. You start looking at like, hmm, like for instance, Muhammad Ali back in the day, he gave up his championship fight, gave up all this type of stuff, stopped fighting all because he wouldn't be drafted and he was protesting and he gave up his career. He went without his career for the longest fucking time because he just didn't agree with going to war for this. There was a football player that did the same shit. He gave up his NFL contract, gave up the money he could have went and spent 17 years fighting overseas, you know, dealing with all that shit. There was Pat Tillman who, uh, you know, he, uh, left the nfl to go fight i think it was that and guy he was he got killed by friendly fire and they tried to cover it up but like there's a documentary called the tillman story that goes into it a he uh yeah 
um they they claimed like when he got killed they claimed like it was like you know some heroic sort of thing that went down but like you know they you know sued the government you know freedom of information act and got you know documents that sort of proved that and you know there i think there's testimony from like people that were there um, that saw it happen like it was an accident like i mean it was they it, it was friendly fire like i guess like tillman's like group uh he was with we're coming up on a position that you know another was squad police whatever you know i don't know the terminology um had fortified and mistook the you know squ the, the tillman's squad as hostile and they started firing on them obviously you know that's they radioed them and told them like hey you know friendly but by the time they got that message across, like they'd killed, uh, I, I, they might've killed more than just Pat Tillman, but that he had been killed in that interaction. So they, and they tried to cover that up. Um, you know, Bush, uh, Cheney, that, that whole crew, um, you know, and it's one of those things like, uh, yeah, I don't, I, 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 I truly talk about this stuff, you know, and point out the faults of the government and the things that they do because that's what a good American should do. It's like, cause like, that's the whole point of the country was like a uh, government for the people. So it's like, if that's the case, then the people should be able to point out the flaws and we should be able to control it and change it. It's not an authority. The government was never meant to be a, like an authoritarian thing. And so many people try and twist it and bastardize it and turn it that way. Yeah. Did you and see like what, did you see the Evan Hafer podcast on Joe Rogan where he talked about even veterans aren't safe anymore? Like veterans used to be this, like I had a buddy that was getting in a fight with someone who oh, yeah, was, yeah. and he, he talked about it. He goes, yeah, I can't, I, I can't hit him because he's a veteran. He's missing an arm. And I'm like, what does a veteran have to do with anything anymore? And it's the shift that's happened. Nobody really gives a fuck. Veterans used to be a safe thing. You can't mess with them because they're crazy. They went to war. Now, like everyone, like there was people threatening veterans. And I'm like, you really think that the veterans aren't going to step up and fucking beat your blue haired like ass down? Like, really? Like, that's what Evan Hafer was saying. But then we saw Pineapple Express. How many people not the movie, the fucking operation where they went into Pakistan and got the people just making sure we're clarified. Cause I know if I say, uh, pineapple express, everyone's like Seth Rogen. <laughs> um, but when that happened, all those people that talked about how shitty America is and how shitty these veterans are, or just veterans in general, like crazy ass people that we shouldn't be listening to anymore. And they all need to be put in a home. I was seeing tweets about this. Then that article was trending that they did that. And people are like, Oh, God bless our veterans. What are you talking about? Like you just, you really just, I, I don't, it's where I look at people like they're so flip floppy. It's very, very hard to see what the next shift is going to be when it comes to what's, where do, do you give a shit about the country that you live in? Does anybody give a shit about the country that they live in? Well, if you do, can you stop talking shit on it and trying to find effective means besides tweeting an article about something and just find a fucking way to help fix it? We have a giant epidemic when it comes to a fact of we all cannot get on the same page. We have people that want to wear a mask. We have people that don't want to wear a mask. I, I'm not understanding. Is the vaccine the cure? I don't think it is. I thought it just helps lessen the symptoms. I don't know. And I mean, I think it comes down to like being constructive, right? Like, I, 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 ha I don't like it when people complain about something with like, with, without offering up like, 
you know, what they plan to do about it or like any sort of solution, right? Like if I do talk about some of these issues, it's like, I usually am trying to orient it towards like a, a, a potential solution. You know, maybe it's not the right thing, but it's like, it, I'm trying to think about it positively, right? Cause like, it's so easy to just shit all over everything. Right. And that's so many of this stuff right now. It's like, it play, it just plays the kids sensibilities. Right. Because, you know, growing up, it was just always like, you know, you know, the system, like, you know, authority just sucks. Right. Like it, it was never like super specific though. You know, it was just a general, we just know we don't like authority. You know, it's like, I don't like trying it to now. You know, always trying to tell us what to do. Yeah. I mean, I still don't, but like, when I was growing up, like, I didn't really know why, you know, like, as I do now, like, I kind of can formulate and uh, logically explain why. But back then, it was just kind of like, I just don't like being messed with. Like, why, why, why are you messing with me? Why can't you just leave us alone? You know, like, especially at school, you know, like with friends, we'd be, you know, hanging out trying to do stuff. And like, they would just continuously mess with us. Well, it's, there's this whole saga. It's funny in high school. of just like, it was a really mundane. It's a really mundane story. But it just it the, the example of bureaucracy you know it's like first my first exposures to it was uh we used to always hang out in this place called the elevator lobby and it was this like you know uh you know with like an elevator where for the you know handicapped person would you know could use the elevator to get up to the second floor right and it was like kind of like this little alcove um uh, like the cutout uh, from the main hallway. And like, we would hang out in that elevator lobby because it was kind of cool, right? You know, you're off the main hallway, this little area. Um, and so we always hung out there. And uh, we had a, a first pr a principal when I first got to high school was seemed pretty chill. Never got messed with uh, when he was in charge, but something happened with him. Some, it was, that was all very shady and weird. He got ousted. Um, other guy took over uh who was like a cop right um so this guy was just like a big authority figure right he's all about authority and he's just he always complained to us about being in the he's like you all are a fire hazard you all are standing here it's a fire hazard like if there's a fire we're not gonna just stand here and block the handicapped from leaving you know like what do you think what are we doing like what do you think we're gonna do we're gonna exit the building and people the um, it was just, but it was just this whole, I have to exert my authority because I'm in charge. Um, y'all are a fire hazard and he kept on about it, but like we, we had resisted. We just be like, that's stupid because it was. And I think he knew that. So like, he didn't really have much leg to stand on, but he would send like cops like to go mess with us. Like we had a, the, several cops. He tried like older guys, like the the school resource officer, he sent up there. This guy did not give a shit. He he came up and saw what we were doing. He was like, "It's like I don't understand why this is a big deal." Like he kind of agreed with us. We we're like, "See, thank you." <laughs> you know, and uh, uh, another he sent a couple of these other older guys up at one point, and they were just like, "Yeah, this is not a big deal." Uh, you know, and just told us like, "Hey, you know, just don't you know mess with people or be aggressive." See, that's when you got to play armchair psychology because I watch those skating videos where kids are skating where they're not supposed to skate, and they know they're being assholes. And someone just grabs their skateboard and knocks them off their skateboard and says, "I ain't a cop. I'll fuck you up." And it's just like that person. Just this is their one thing. This is the one area where there's no skateboarding. There's a sign on it, and they just want to make sure they got to protect this area, and they'll have to die for that. And that's what I'm like, enforcer. <sighs> It's fucking we just had a um a crazy case happen in I think uh, the state 
it's, it's my state, but it's like the city right beside me. And a guy had broken into a convenience store, was trying to rob it. The guy said no, and he sliced the person's throat. And fucking, they were, he was missing for like two fucking weeks. And I'm like, I, well, I, I don't know with people anymore. I don't want to go outside anymore. Every time I pull up to the fucking gas station to go get an energy drink before my workout, there's always a person outside singing their fucking mixtape and they look like they're on meth and shit. And they go, hey, Hey, I'm like, nope, I'm not fucking answering. I'm getting in my car. I'm going to act like I have headphones in. Yeah, dude. I mean, you see some of these fucking, like, that's why I try and <laughs> try not to look at some of this morbid shit on Twitter, man. Don't like, stare at them in the eyes. If you stare at them in the eyes, they're going to slice your throat. Like, I see some of this shit. Like, it's like one of this video that came out of Portland a few weeks ago. Like this, there was like a, it was like a fight in front of a convenience store. And like this dude, like, it looked like, he was just trying to break up the fight. I don't know. who. It, it was unclear who was involved. Maybe there was other stuff going on. Like, there was tons of context missing from these. That's why I signed it kind of bad. You just see these videos. But this guy just walks up and shoots this dude right in the head. Just, like, straight up just fucking kills him. Like, right there. Like, and everybody fucking fled the scene. Like, they, I don't know if they even caught the guy. Like, like all of the witnesses just fucking fled. But, like, I mean, it's just, like, like... Un unreal you know it's just like you could just be outside of a convenience store and get your fucking head blown off you know just for like like no reason there, no apparent reason <laughs> there was one positive thing that happened recently that i think every it was trending all over the place was steve from blues clues came back and everyone's like yes yeah, steve he's back and i thought it was like i watched it and i saw him at the end go i don't know I, i'm sorry it's been so long but i'm happy i'm here now and he looks he goes you look great, by the way. And then he walks away. Everyone was like, yes, this fucking made my day. I was like, you know, Steve left the show because he was going bald, right? Like, does anybody else know about that? Like, he made up the whole college shit. There's an article in 2016 that they asked him about why he left the show. He goes, because my hair was falling out. That's why he had a fucking baseball cap in the fucking ending thing. And everyone's like, oh, I'm like, no, he left you because he felt self-conscious about himself. If he admits to that shit, now he's lying to us all over again. Well, that's what's funny about like Blues Clues and like all that shit was like, in my mind, I like he was 24 I, when he was recording that show. He's like was, 40 um, now. <laughs> I always felt I was too old for it, like when it came out and like a lot of people my age and even older are like, like, you know, with all this reverence and like, like they remember, I'm like, I was like that. Like, I'm pretty sure like the kids that were watching Blues Clues my age were getting picked on. Like, or like the kid, like, I don't, or at least the boys, I don't know. Like, uh, when was blues clues big? I was like, I was born in 97. So that was like, kind of like a show for me. It came out, I think in 96. So okay. yeah, it was like, man. Yeah. It was like, uh, and by, by that point, like I was like second, third grade. So I was, um, like that was that shit was becoming pretty uncool pretty fast. Like, but it's like there's people that watch Pokemon until they're like fucking 24. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but that's the thing. It's just like, you know, a lot of that stuff growing up, like there's social forces like, yeah, beyond my control. Like, I didn't really understand it. I just, you know, being a kid, just kind of go along with it. I remember Power Rangers by that age. I'm pretty sure by third grade, like Power Rangers were out of the picture like those were not cool anymore like if you like fucking power rangers you're fucking you're lame um well, geez my one of my close friends is a fucking power ranger 
Dude, like it was brutal. I remember like it being a pretty drastic, a pretty quick shift. Like the older kids in the neighborhood were like Power Rangers. Like that's so lame. Like, yeah. And like that, you know, there's other stuff though that was coming out that was like, you know, taking uh taking precedent. Smoking smarties in school. I used to ground them up and smoke them. Oh god. <laughs> Never did that. I remember kids snorting pixie sticks. Oh, that was a pain in the ass. Like that is just, you know kids you know that's see that's what you know we like to give the younger generation shit for tiktok but it's just like you know we were snorting pixie sticks there were people that were writing zap on their hand you know what i mean like there was that shit that was going on there was people that had the hole in the hoodies where the uh ending of the cuffs are where they used to stick their thumb through and they used to oh, have that was me yeah all the way i destroyed my hoodies like on the end i still wear hoodies but like yeah i would have like the the entire like wrist thing would be just worn off just to be tatters like i was like i don't know i was just one of those kids how did you do that though like did you cut it yourself or did it just oh no it just wore it out wore it out over time like i literally wore the shit like every day and like would just wear the fuck out of them and so like i think some of it might have had to do with just like how long it was too like so like it would be like always like up like this on my hands so then my you know thumb and stuff would wear help wear it out you know like if you could go back to your younger self, like your third grade self, what would you say to your third grade self? Uh, oh, fuck. It's a I good guess, question. Uh, uh, get it on a uh, GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Like, uh, I probably would give myself some investment advice. Uh, <laughs> get in on Bitcoin. Uh, get it on. Well, I mean, if you had to give them like life advice or something, the, the, <laughs> so some tough times are going to be coming ahead that you know about that he doesn't have an experience uh, yet. Oh, uh, shit. I would say, you know, really just focus on focus on cr the craft, you know, focus on uh, getting really good at your at your music and really f work on that, because I feel like, you know, with anybody and I think any creative person will look back and be like, you know, I could have done more, you know, and it's like you can always have done more. So um, I like to think maybe I would push my younger self to do more uh, in terms of like uh, focusing because, you know, growing up, there's plenty of distractions and, and things to draw your attention away from stuff that later you realize was probably more important, but you know, you can't, you can't live your life in regret though, you know, at the same time, but being a, being aware of that stuff can, uh, you know, help inform you know uh other people too you know it's like help give that advice maybe to some people i try to give that tell that to some younger younger musicians and stuff it's just like focus you know it, might, it pays dividends later if you just focus and practice now um it, those skills will uh translate i'm probably going to end it on this but what i would tell my younger self is that everything that you're worried about now or everything that you're going to be worried about in the next coming days is everything that's important to you right now, but it's not your whole life. It's not forever. And I think that's a lot of what I've heard from a lot of my friends recently that are going through a lot, much like myself. And it's kind of like, it's very, very hard to look for that light at the end of the tunnel. But I think it's important that you kind of just stay the course and realize it might be hard in this moment, but the pain doesn't last forever. It, it, it gets through it. And just because it's in your face right now, doesn't mean it's going to be like that forever. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, David, where can people find you? Uh, historical. Uh, you can find me at on Twitter. It's probably where I'm most active at historical. Uh, 
and then there's obviously you know youtube instagram all that bullshit and there's links there too to like some of my other stuff as well so like you can find any like some paths to my music and and other things but uh yeah that's about it well i'll link it in the description appreciate you for joining me on another episode of out of the blank and stay tuned for our next episode